Hey, everybody. It's Mike Carlson from Podcast the Ride. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Scott Gairdner. Hello. And Jason Sheridan. Hey. And we've got a little announcement. We sure do. Yep. We're launching our new podcast on an app called Spoke to give Spoke. you three exclusive episodes. Can you believe it? Three. I can't. Yeah. Don't don't believe it, but it's true. Spoke is a new audio platform made by SiriusXM that creates podcast playlists to help you find new shows to listen to. Well, how does that work, though? Well, I'm going to explain. The Spoke team handpicks the best moments from tons of podcasts and creates playlists of clips so you can try a bunch of shows out and find something new to love. So they're all grouped by topics or themes is what you're saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. Thank you for figuring that out. Thank mm-hmm. you. I mean, you could try like a playlist that's uh, like about music being decoded when it's playlists with clips about unpacking and analyzing and figuring out how people make songs and what. why are they so cool, you know? They also have one uh, called Spoke's Perpetually Single Playlist, dedicated to podcasts about relationships, or lack thereof, in my case. Sure, Jason, don't put yourself down. I want to, I want to, all right. (laughs) (laughs) There's all sorts of things is what we're trying to say, and Spoke has, like, fun exclusive content from Feral, like our podcast. Uh, So you definitely don't want to miss these special episodes. Download Spoke now, free in the App Store or on Google Play. And be sure to check out all of Podcast the Ride's exclusive Spoke episodes at hearspoke.com slash podcast the ride. That's the address. Uh, Check it out. Spoke. It's time to spoke. Yeah, we're spoken. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get, like, brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com right now and use the promo code FERAL and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com. D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer and uh, uh, thank you for listening if you're a first time listener. I appreciate it. Um, the show is kind of what it says in the title. There, I talk with a, I talk with people. I converse. I conversate with people who uh, artists, um, musicians, authors, activists. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry if you if you're one of my regular listeners. I kind of took a couple weeks off there, and uh, I didn't say anything. But uh, you know, I didn't tweet about it. I didn't. Uh, I just did. Uh, you know, sometimes you get, uh, you, you know, I do these once a week, and sometimes you get in a little rut, and you need a little break, and I felt like I was just really going through the motions a little bit, and I, I wasn't, uh, it's just a little burnt out, so I, uh, and you know, life, this, t- 2015 is uh, really, there's a lot of madness going on in this year. I uh, recorded my album, I'm still recording pieces for it, but that was, that's been a lot of stuff, I got married, 
Uh, there's a couple things out there that I can't... Uh, uh, I'm actually recording an episode uh, today, outside, which is not this one that you're listening to, with Jerry Stahl, and, uh, uh, you know, writer of Permit Midnight. He reoccurs on this uh, ep- uh, show. We're going to discuss uh, some of my life events, and uh, I-, I seek Jerry's wisdom. But um, today's guest is Seek Donnelly. Speaking of seeking wisdom, this is Seek Donnelly, um, a comic book artist and writer, and uh, he's been on the show before. And he, um, in his first episode, we talk about um, <clears throat> his aneurysm and uh, having to relearn a lot of uh, things of, of how to function in life, but also who he was. And we continue that conversation, and it's really this is uh, this actually was exactly the kind of episode I needed because it re-inspired me to. Um, to get back out there and uh, get excited. Of course, I also had an article. Evan Gore wrote an article about my uh, show on Boing Boing. So that also inspired me. Because, you know, you, sometimes you do this thing, this podcasting, you're, just, you're not sure. You get you wonder if there's people out there listening. Uh, and, you know, I'm in Los Angeles where you just you deal with a lot of jackasses. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, you get a lot of rejection, and you get a lot of no's, and you get, you know, I, I'm dealing with this situation now, and I don't want to go too into, but, you know, there's, I have a book, I have book things I'm trying to publish, and now they, they don't even go like, hey, write a book like Catcher in the Rye, they say write a book that will be like a television, sh- like Louie, or Togetherness, so uh, you could turn your book into a TV show, and it's like, doesn't that seem just sort of against the... I don't know. It just seems that's not how books should be. I mean, I maybe I'm stuck in 1940 or whenever. It's just a weird approach to me. Maybe you should let me write my book and let it be what it is, and then we see what we do. I don't know, and I'm really struggling whether that's something I want to continue going forward on because I don't... I just think that way of thinking is uh, not helpful. But, you know, there's also that promise of money and... Uh, you know, when you're 46 and you've spent the majority of your existence a starving artist, you get real, you get real tired of that. You're real tired of that. Uh, speaking of tired, I'm just waking up as I record this intro. Let's uh, real quick uh, use my Amazon link there. Go to feralaudio.com, find the conversations with Matt Dwyer page, and put that. Uh, there's an Amazon link and uh, Feral Audio, <coughs> and I get uh, a kickback of that money. It's a very small portion, but. Every time you use that to buy stuff like toiletries or movies or books, we get a percentage of that money, and that's really very, very helpful for us because uh, we don't have commercials right now or any of that. So that, or you could donate money, or uh, yeah, and go to my website and follow me on Twitter. Here's, I'm telling you, this episode is excellent. Here's uh, the magnificent Seek Donald. We'll just talk about nothing. We'll just talk about sports, and, right? Good. Uh, because I know always steer towards what you know. <laughs> I can I can talk about the Chicago Cubs, but that's about it. I can listen that. about that. Oh, well, that's what I like about you. Good <laughs> listen. That would be a great podcast episode. <laughs> An hour of me boring everyone about the Cubs and me listening. 
And, and it's you, called Listening with Matt Dwyer. Yeah, let's do a new <laughs> new podcast. I just have an artist or you know celebrity on every week, and they just listen. And they just listen. So you you actually don't have anyone here. You're like, my guest today is Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro has been in, and he's like, list his movies for him. And you're like, thanks for being here, Robert. Oh, uh, sorry, I had some technical so I had to edit that out. Uh, so let's get right to it. <laughs> That would be uh that sounds like it sounds like some somebody's kind of sketch. Some schizophrenic out there would love the shit out of that show. That's a good idea. I've thought about I don't know if I want to say this, but I've always thought that if I ever have something come out, mm-hmm. like a book or something, mm-hmm. I'm going to do an episode with myself and then <laughs> That's you yeah. Well, what's taking so long on the book? Uh it's a complicated you know, those publishers are <laughs> are dicks. It's as bad as showbiz. I th- I've I don't. You can't blame publishers now, because you can self-publish. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna turn that against my talent. (laughs) You can't blame publishers. You have no talent. Yeah, right. Well, you haven't written the book yet, so why are you blaming publishers? Yeah. No. Um, (laughs) I wasn't gonna. It's just the main because I. You know, is it petty of me? Because you do you do self-publishing, right? Mm -hmm. Or have mostly. Is it is it foolish of me to want wish or desire to be a part of the mainstream publishing world? No, I, I mean, I when people tell me that they, they want to submit their work to like publishers, I go do it because I'm broke, <laughs> I go, so I clearly don't have the answer. Um, I will say I'm I'm happier because I get to write what I want to write, and no one tells me it that it's going to sell big or not. Um, but on the on the other side, it's like I'm eating not even a peanut butter and jelly, just a jelly sandwich, <laughs> and it's like yeah, yeah, okay. There's it, but there's always that hope of like. Like I, I mean, I have an album coming out, and there's part of me that's yeah. like, maybe there'll be a fluke, and it'll sell thousands, <laughs> but probably it'll probably sell hundreds, hundred maybe. tens. It's weird because even if, uh, like, if you are like, oh, I have a this, like, I have a following of this, you know, this how many people download my episodes, or this how many people follow me on Facebook, it's always a percentage of that, and so, um, so whenever I sell a comic, it's like close to 2000 or something or you know like over it between a thousand 2000 copies and i'm like okay so that's that should be my fan base and then i'll release the next thing and it's like a percentage of that and it's like a, it's just a percentage each time so that's why you have to constantly find new audiences um so maybe that'll help out when you you know you you have your hardcore audience like me on this show and then when you go do your next show and you start up a new a second podcast then you'll pull in new people that way and so i think the key is just keep getting new audiences um harmontown's a prime example every time i go every couple months i see a completely new audience like i don't recognize anybody there and i'm like well that speaks to the longevity of that show right and probably the amount of downloads it gets is that it constantly brings in new people how often have you been a guest on harmontown probably five times really yeah that's gonna be good does that help yeah i and it's weird. I don't think about it that way. I usually, it's it's always a timing thing with Dan. Like he'll see me or he'll think about me one day on Twitter or something and he'll go, hey, you know, do you want to be on the show or, or I'll see him. And he's like, hey, do you want to come on the show tonight? And I'll, I'll say sure. And then it's it's always like a coincidence that I might have something to plug. So like last time was my kicks. Well, last time was Christmas, and that was luckily what I always wanted with Dan, which is just to talk to him, not plug and not have a book coming out. Just be like, oh, I just want to talk to you because I'm like a huge fan. And um, so we did that last he time. He said that to you? That's what I said to him. Oh, I mean, but, he should but, say mean, that to you, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's what I want from him. Like, that's what, not what I want from him. But when, when I go up and I get asked to go up, I hope it's just to, just to talk like two guys, you know, like two friends. Um, because I think that's the kind of show that show is. 
it's uh, I don't think it should be like it should end with me going, oh, go buy this book, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like that aspect. But there have been a few times where he's brought me up. And at the end, it's been like, oh, do you have something you want to like mention? And I'm like, well, I guess I have this Kickstarter or and I last time I did that was the last Kickstarter I did last year. And I did the episode Sunday night. Um, and then it went up Monday morning and my Kickstarter launched like an hour after the episode went up and we got funded in a day. That's incredible. And I was like, and it, again, it comes down to percentage. If, if Dan gets a million listeners an episode, I, you know, if a hundred of them donated the Kickstarter, it got funded, you know, if a hundred donated five bucks each and that's pretty much what happened. That's yeah. I mean, his nature is he wants to help too. I mean, like, I know that's yeah. Of course. That's I mean, he helped. He did. Uh, he had me on, and it mm-hmm. was like it was. Yeah, and I was in the audience for that episode, and we didn't know each other yet. Did I know, we? and I but I reached for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. I, yeah, that was me. And you were like, "Who's is that?" Adam Goldberg, and he's like, "No, the Adam's the one yelling. That guy, I don't know." Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Well, and now we're friends. And now we're yeah. Yeah. So when you but do you have. Because a lot of creative people don't have this ability, but you, I'm gathering you have a bit of set marketing sense and savvy, like you, because you're saying like you gotta get this. And, well, like, I never think that way. I'm just like I'm always like, when are these fuckers gonna catch on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get mad at people. Like, yeah, don't they realize my genius? I yeah. And do I have to <laughs> die for my fame? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the reason that is because I've always been in retail. Like I've I've always worked retail jobs, or if I wasn't, it was like like a strict manual labor job where I was like just taking orders. Um, and I was working at a comic book store here in LA and just my sales were pretty good, but it's, but I always, I always kept telling people it's not cause I'm a good salesman. It's just cause I love comic books. You know, it's same when I worked at Blockbuster like a decade ago, I love movies. So it's easy for me to just get someone to pay $5 to rent a movie like, or pay $4 to buy a comic. Cause, uh, what do they have to lose? You know? Uh, and so I started getting hired by companies to do marketing for them. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not your guy for this. Like I'm the guy who, <laughs> so like, I, I'm like Dan, you know, or something like I, I like to be in a room by myself and battle with God to like come up with a story or a piece of art. I don't like to think about, you know, m- m- money and numbers and stuff. And I, so I kind of over the past, I since the last time I guess I've been on the show, um, till now have been forced into that. So now I, that I do have that part of my brain that's thinking about, okay, well, how do I reach this demographic or what do I do to, you know, reach out to these people? It doesn't affect my writing. Like I still write what I want to write. And I think that's key is to not let those two cross. Cause you don't want to be like, Oh, let's make them black just to have a black guy. So that black guys can relate to the book. Like you want to do what's right for the characters you create. Um, and you don't want to make the character about the color of their skin because that's not what people are about, you know. So, uh, so I I try not to mix that. But once we do have a finished product, I go, okay, well, since there is like African American characters, let's like go on a a podcast where they only talk about black superheroes, and let's see if we can get on that podcast. And you know, and you kind of spread out that way, and you and you tend to think in those terms. Well, that's yeah, but it's that's smart. I can't do that. That's smart. But <laughs> <laughs> have you tried to? Uh, write something solely to be marketable? Like, oh, like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. This will, like, have you attempted to do that at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why my books don't sell. Um, no, I, I think, I mean, there was, no, I, I guess I haven't. I, 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 someone asked me the other day, like, oh, do you have like a horror story in mind or something like that? And like, you know, something that we could sell. And I was like, I guess I don't. Um, I tend to just, when I write, I think of theme first, usually. Like, I go, what 
overall theme do I want? Is it a story of redemption? Is it a story of, uh, you know, falling further into the darkness? You know, is it, is it, uh, is a, is it about helping people? Is it about hurting people? So I ch- tend to come up with those first. And then from there I get the characters and from the characters, uh, what I usually do is I do a, um, like a bio, like a whole full page bio. And I write everything there is to know about the character. Like I go, does he wake up and eat cereal? Does he like, does he like rap music? Like, does he like, you know, this, and from all of that, like all the facts, like just to like, who is this person? And from there I'll decide what character, what the character looks like and how they, how their arc goes in the story. Um, cause when you find, and then I usually start with flaws. So I go, what's, what are their flaws? Like, what are their good capabilities? But mostly, what are their flaws? So we can figure out how to make them grow in the story. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So it's a really complex way to come up with something. And can you, because the last time you were on, you were saying you don't, you weren't able, you don't, you were incapable of thinking because due to the aneurysm. Uh, it, visual. It, it, visual. Yeah, images. visual memory. Is yeah. that improving? Mm-hmm, definitely. It, what, percentage-wise from last we spoke? Ooh. Um, I would probably say if I was at 0% before, I'm probably at 50% now. That's great. Yeah. Are so, you, so, uh, and that comes from this that Kickstarter I mentioned, Alain Vital, that, that, uh, that I'm doing. It's me doing a bunch of different art styles. And that has really kind of broke the levy as far as like, uh, visual stuff goes. Um, it, it's almost like a, um, like from it, I will like go to sleep and actually wake up and re- like go, oh, I know what, how to finish that piece. And then, or memories started to flood back in, like childhood memories. Um, and so that has kind of, so it was a, a combination of all those. So it, at first it was like trickling and I'd have like, oh, I had a dream like a month ago. <laughs> and then, you know, and I go, what was it about again? And then, uh, or, oh, I think I had a memory of my mom or something. And then, and then it just like a levy broke. And then it was just, then I couldn't differentiate memories from ideas. Um, I would think of That's something and I go, is that a memory? Like, d- d- is that, could that be a memory or is that something I, I actually um, am thinking of? Like, is it something my brain conjured uh, now that it has, you know, now that it can copy and paste like visuals. Um, so that's, so that was a hard period. So what I did was I kind of became reclusive for those like f- probably four months um, because it was too much. It was uh, to, trying to delineate the two. Yeah, exactly. Did um, you ever like catch yourself bragging at a party? He's like, I had a threesome <laughs> with Bo Derek and uh, Samantha Fox. And I did, like, but then I looked around. I was like, I'm not at a party either. <laughs> but I mean, that, was that emotionally? It must have been emotionally taxing, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, because like, I mean, I have like, I find found scars on my body. There's one in my knee, and I'm like. I played this game for a while. Like, where did these scars come from? And I try to make myself remember, but then I'm like, well, is that then when I finally did, I'm like, well, is that really the memory or is that just my brain getting tired of me trying to force something that isn't there? And it created a scenario where I got in a knife fight, you know, (laughs) I go. So, so yeah, it's, 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 so what I started to do was just, um, stop forcing it. Like, but I didn't, I felt I just didn't have a choice but to force it before because it was all coming in and I was just trying to process it and trying to organize and it was too much. And so now I'm just like, let, just let it come. Like, you know, let it wash over you and, and let it set in and see how you feel in like a day or two about it. Yeah. I mean, how, how does one go about process, like organizing that? I mean, it's like, <laughs> I still haven't done it yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, like in my head, I'm like, God, this in, uh, um, itself is like a 
story in way like it's, it's yeah. so complicated and crazy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Nolan is listening to this right now <laughs> he's like, I guess it is sort new of, idea <laughs> it, it is a little bit like what was that thing called Menomina Menomina Memento Memento I think <laughs> Menomina is a I think a band or was a band <laughs> I think it's a, a Sesame Street song or something yeah Menomina yeah uh, yeah I get. But I mean, I guess you would also be excited to be like, oh my God, these, like, I want to figure it, like, you, yeah, like, I want my, my memories back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after years of not having them I, and looking for an identity and having basically said, like, coming up with, okay, I have to create a new identity. I can't be the old me anymore. Like, I'm never going to remember him. And then one day to wake up and remember him, it's like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, well, now I, I've already found a way to move on. And now the ex-girlfriend has come back or something, you know, it's like, it's like that tether that you, you figured out how to get past is, has bungeed you back. You know? Did you like remember anything like you'd been uh, campaigning for Rick Perry or anything <laughs> like horrible? <laughs> uh, nothing like that. Um, but yeah, I remembered some pretty heinous shit though, for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely wasn't, uh, I won't say I was a, a bad person, but I, I, def I was definitely a kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we've all been sure. dumb kids. Sure. Yeah, but that's still it's like. Yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's weird too. Like I remember the, the almost it was I don't know if it was the day after, but it was like maybe the week after. Someone wrote me like this really nice letter saying like, "Hey, I heard you on Harmontown um, recently, or, or I, I'm catching up on old episodes, and your story means a lot to me, and you know, and all this stuff, and and it meant a lot. Like when I hear stuff like that." Because I'm a, like I said, I've become, especially now, really reclusive. So I don't really get human interaction as much as I used to. And so to hear those things, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm just like a self-loathing artistic type that sits inside all day and, and, and hates, like, and hates myself and God, you know? <laughs> and I go, so, so to hear these things, it's like, it, it always, it, it, it's nice to know that someone out there sees something special in you, whether, um, whether they see it for a specific reason or not, they see it. And so it's kind of nice to get that. And then, and then like a week later, remember that I, you know, was like, like doing hardcore drugs in Atlanta and ratting on people and in making money as a CI, you know? So it's like, and getting actually those memories back. Cause I've heard people tell me some of those stories of like, Oh, you did this. And, and I'm like, wow, that's okay. And then to actually remember the events and how, horrific it seems to someone like me now who's kind of become like a little bit more of a zen type to see me go that f like to have a memory of where i went that far is like it's yeah that is jarring as shit and so because i can't process that i try to just let it simmer and i try not to think about it when i can so but then i can't have a follow-up question <laughs> no go go ahead no i'm just curious like <laughs> Uh, Unless I'm doing interviews on podcasts. Yeah. How did you end up in? How did you end up being a CI? Is that is that something you can talk? Because if you can't talk about it, yeah. Then I mean, can't I won't go into it. specifics, but I basically worked for a bondsman um, in South Carolina, and then through him met a couple people, and then went down to Atlanta because I was busted for ecstasy, um, and then made uh, a like I, but I wasn't I didn't have any in my system. I just had some. So then I said, well, I got this from a friend, and I kind of. I didn't turn that friend in because I, I don't know. Like I, there, there's just, I don't know. Maybe it's cause I grew up Italian and stuff like the idea of a rat just kind of really like, I don't know. Maybe it was just like, I didn't want to go through with it. So I ended up like 
saying it was me, even though there was clearly no evidence of anything in my system. So they were just like, okay, fine. You're not going to turn in the person. And I said, but maybe I can help you guys do something else. And so then I said, you know, to make up for, um, you know, like what I'm not, the information I'm not giving you now. And so then one guy was like, well, no, that's not, we don't, it doesn't work like that, blah, blah, blah. And then I think it was like two, three weeks later, I get a call from, from someone who's like, well, we need, we need information. Would you be willing to help us? And like, you would be going as a civilian and we, it would be like a pay thing, but all we need you to do is just ask a couple questions and that's it. And I'm like, okay. So then I go do that. And then it, six months later, I was a, a mess living in Atlanta and, and definitely, um, on the wrong side of making every bad decision, um, and getting people busted and hurt, you know, because of my mistakes and, and my decisions. Um, and so that I won't go into too many specifics of, but, uh, there is, you can look up a, you can Google operation X-Men, uh, which is, uh, <laughs> I like coincidentally cater it towards your, uh, <laughs> your, your proclivities. Uh, yeah. Which is a, a giant ecstasy bus that happened in Atlanta, like in 2002. So is, is it this guy that you once were? And I, and by the way, I want to say I wasn't like some big cog in that machine, but that was the time. Like that was where, like the situations I was being put in. It's really interesting. Yeah. And, and I, and I, but like I said, I, I still even would try not to rat people out. Cause even though I was doing ecstasy, like I started doing ecstasy with these people, um, they became my friends. So there was like a part of me that still had that, like, well, don't rat them out. Don't rat them out. Um, uh, but still like it didn't matter cause a, I'm a bad liar. So, and then B, I, uh, like when you're on shit, you know, it's like, especially something that gets you talking and stuff it's it's hard to keep a secret <laughs> yeah the guy is this the the guy you were and the guy you are now is that defined by the aneurysm is that uh, was that what the um the where the i what would that be the break the border of those two people meet or is that was that a defining moment of that or i think what happened was leading up to the aneurysm i was um I would like to think I was, after I left Atlanta, I went and worked at Disney. I think we talked about that on the last show. And, uh, and that was, and the reason I did that was because my aunt offered me a job and I couldn't think of anything safer to do, um, coming from Atlanta. So I was like, all right, I went back to South Carolina for a while, became a landscaper, then went down to Florida and was like, all right, I'm going to do this Disney thing and, and kind of be safe and, and, uh, not have to look over my shoulder and, and not have to worry about hurting people. Um, and then, and then I think I started to mellow out at that point. Like I've always been a nerd and I think I, there was a time in my life where I was not that I wasn't a nerd, but I was becoming something I wasn't. And that was this other person. And then I, and then I was like, well, let's bra- embrace that nerd side again. Let's like your work at Disney, you know, it's a place full of giant kids, you know, and, and kids, kids. So like, um, so why don't you just embrace that and just, this is your new life now. So I'd like to think I was on a, better path anyway um and uh and then what happened was the aneurysm just came at a really tough time because i had i really was in i was in a relationship and i really liked the girl and we broke up and then i lost a job and stress was like i remember stress being a thing i was having mood swings like you wouldn't believe um and it was probably because i was trying to lose weight at the time so i was probably taking like some kind of supplement to like help that um and i was just I, I seemed to be on a self-destructive path and then the, and it, 
could have potentially that old guy that that side could have come back but the aneurysm came because of how stressed i was how angry i was i mean that's all the reasons why it ruptured was because i was you know i went zero to 80 and i was just cruising at 80 you know um in a school zone (laughs) (laughs) and so uh so because of that was was definitely the the catalyst of of that but i think when i after the aneurysm the reason there's a, a a separation there is because I didn't know who I was. You know, I came back with no memories. I came back with no speech pattern, no, you know, no ability to walk. So it was like being born again. Um, so after over the course of like, you know, four to six months of learning to walk again, talk again, and still not have memories, you kind of, you know, have to think about like, especially in the body of a 28 year old, you're kind of like, well, I, I got to be something right. Like I, I, like, shouldn't I, you know, you have all these questions because I had basic knowledge of things, but I just didn't know anything about me. Um, and I had, like, I have one friend who said, said it really great. He goes, uh, what was, he always asked me like, or he asked me the one time, what was, um, social media like when you first came back? And he's like, cause you see all these pictures, you know, of you. And I said, yeah. Cause when I came back, it was, you know, like it was my space was already starting to fade and we were just getting into Facebook. So I hadn't put much on Facebook yet. And so I was like, Oh, so that's okay. So I'm in the Facebook phase. Um, and I'm looking at a couple of pictures, but they're not telling me anything. Um, and, uh, because I was kind of an artsy visual guy, I had a lot of visuals on my pages, but no words. And I'm like, okay. So like, so these pictures aren't even telling me a story. Um, so then it was just, a, I just, went on the, I guess the path of discovery, like who am I? And then over the course of a couple of years, I felt like I found, I made the person that I am. And then in comes all the memories of the old guy. And it's kind of like, all right, well now what do I do? Like, you know, and that's kind of the road I've been at for the past couple of months is like, I'm pretty sure I want to stay on this path, but how can I ignore the old things? And, and do I, do I reach out to the people I've hurt and, ask for forgiveness. Um, you know, because that's what this guy would do. That's who I would, what I would do now. The, the other guy would, you know, hold up his middle finger and be like, fuck <laughs> you. Like that was the past bitch. Get over it. You know, but this guy doesn't want that. He wants, he wants to let people know that he's sorry that he hurt them. Yeah. Wow. That is like, just to hear it is, uh, heavy and complicated to process, let alone to understand what it must be like to be the guy going through that. Cause this is all still very, very fresh. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's tough. And like, so there are days where like, you know, where, um, my doctor will say like, oh, your stress level is really high. And I go, yeah, f- fuck you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, just for a minute, like train be in my body just for a minute experience this, you know, or like if my boss like, Hey, how come that thing wasn't done? It's like, well, I probably zoned out for, for like 20 minutes reliving some horrific memory you know and i said i go and now i'm trying to process it before i get back to making phone calls you know i go so i'd rather not be on the phone like while as a completely crumbling human being trying to sell our comic books to, you know to stores <laughs> i'd rather be a little bit more level-headed than i am right now so there's it's something i have to deal with every single day and it's something like i'm on a aneurysm facebook group and i see people in there talk about things like that but i haven't seen anyone experiencing this like on this level so uh and i don't normally post i post sometimes but so i think what i might do is finally reach out um because that's always a hard thing for me to do is is try to reach out um i always hate asking for help Uh, i always feel like i can maybe do it by myself but this is 
it's been a couple months now and it's not getting any easier. So, um, so I think even though I haven't seen anyone post something like it in the group, I think I should probably be the one to post it and ask. Yeah, I think that would be, I mean, I'm the same way and mm. it's taking me years <laughs> yeah. to be able to ask for like, Hey man, I need fucking help. Right. I can't do this. And you know, it's, it's inhuman to think that we can, it's not, you know, that we can do it all. It's yeah. It's gonna cripple you for more or nothing. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're a crippled person. That's I what am. I'm saying. No, but <laughs> that's why I really brought you here. I came that's to. Right. Yeah, I've liked you all this time, but you're yeah. you're really just you're super crippled, right? <laughs> and I know crippled is a, not the correct terminology anymore, but you can be mentally crippled. Oh, can you? I I don't I'm, know. Maybe. Yeah. I guess by the raw definition of the word crippled. Yes. Yeah. Um. So in the. Have we recorded yet? Have we started? No, this is all <laughs> This is all just warm up. Oh, good, good. Yeah, and then we're just going to talk about breakfast foods. Oh, thank God, because let me tell you, these sausage links I bought. Are frozen or fresh? Frozen, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I live in a studio yeah. with no kitchen. I, oh, you don't have a kitchen? No. I live in a studio with a wife and two dogs. Yeah, but a, a kitchen. But a nice kitchen, yeah. A decent kitchen. Yeah. Now, the, the visual, where is your drawing, because you were, the last time you were here, you were, uh, just sort of starting to get the drawing skills mm-hmm. back and you said you're drawing in different styles now so that makes me think you've made some major leaps yeah i'm i'll be honest i'm still having trouble with the from brain to paper like with pencil or like paintbrush i find what i'm better at art wise is something i can shape as it goes uh so like sand or like um rocks like rock stacking um or um, music, or dance, you know, like, or, or what's the, the uh, spray painting? Like, I love spray painting now. So, like, I went and bought, like, 20 cans of, like, different spray paints, and then I take this giant, like, brown roll that's, uh, I think it's, like, 40 feet, it's, like, a roll of 40 feet long, but it's about six feet high, or wide, and, um, and I cut out sh- slips of those, and I just practice. And what I like about spray paint is that you can go over you know, like you, you can lay a foundation and then shape something in it. Um, and so I really liked it. So I went really nuts and I got like the gas mat, like the, the, the protective mask and, um, and some nozzles like to, to thin out the, you know, the spray or widen them, um, and all that stuff. And I'm getting really into spray paint, um, which of course, like breathing in the fumes (laughs) is going to destroy my brain more. Um, (laughs) but that's why I got that mask. Um, but they, uh, but that I like, like things I can shape I can see or hear in front of me that I can manipulate while I'm doing it. Clay, you know, molding, stuff like that. All those styles of art, I'm picking up way faster um, because I can kind of move it into something and go, oh, that kind of looks like a head. And then, because now I can kind of picture what a head looks like. <laughs> and then I, but still like sketching and stuff, that still takes quite a bit out of me. Is it, would it like a class help that at all, or is it no? It's more of an echo, like a repetitive thing. Probably, if I had money for a class, I might take one. People, I uh, get, what? give some money. <laughs> yeah, I was I spent all my money buying spray paint. So, um, but that's but I think that's yeah. I mean, that's also part of the process. I think. Do you take the please, Do you take the spray paint stuff outside, or are you doing it in that studio? Yeah. No, I. <laughs> I, I do it. And are you smoking cigarettes while you do it? Yeah, I do it on my bed, and I, I force my dog to be right next to me when I do it, and we have a good time. Oh. Um, no, yeah, I normally, we have a courtyard outside our apartment um, that's fenced in, so I usually, I'll go out there. Sometimes 
my dog Echo will come with me and he'll just run around and or he'll just like hang out by the door and I go over by the garage and paint over there. Are you gonna eventually do? Um, you gonna do tag some shit? Like, <laughs> you gonna... No, I, I no because my my issue with that. I mean, other people do it and that's great. Like they're they're putting their art up and stuff. But to me, like a brick wall is a piece of art. Uh, you know, it, it's it's some construction crew's piece of art, and I don't want to cover that. So I, I actually, um, I've been working on a book secretly. Um, well, not so secretly. I did. I think I did tweet this or something. But um, I've been working on a book about Judas, and uh, and I've decided that all the art that's going to be in the book will be spray painted art. So I've been like spray painting images of Judas, and then like in certain events that have happened around Judas, and. I think, and I've been spray painting on these papers. So what I might do is I might go out and hang the paper up on a wall to make it look like I did it on a brick wall and then photograph it and then take it down, um, you know, like instantly. Because um, I'm not out to destroy property um, and or, and I'm not out to make a brick wall look more beautiful. Like I just, I'm trying to make the least impact I can, but still create art. Is, uh, what, what, it, what it attracted you to Judas? I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, I I'm really fascinated with that guy though. I've been reading a lot about Judas. I've probably read like probably two or three books just about him, and then the Bible, like full cover to cover. And I'm he's just the one character or person in that book that I got drawn to. I like the idea of a guy who who's been Jesus's right hand man during a lot of these selfless things, and then. And then Jesus's popularity gets so big that Judas fears it. You know, he's 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 kind of this guy who's, um, well, now the Romans know who you are, and and you're a threat to them because you're you're out, you know, and you're doing all these great things. Uh, and now the people in power that are watching you, they don't like that. Um, so they're going to come stone us. They're going to come kill us. And it's almost like a self-preservation thing. But also, according to Judas he doesn't believe Jesus is the son of God. You know, he's like, no, we're just guys doing good things. Like I was a thief. Like, you know, some of these other apostles, like we're all, we all kind of, we're given a second chance by you. And he goes, and you're, and you're, you're just a good guy, right? Like, that's all you are. You're not the son of God. Like you really believe that? Like, that's what other people are saying about you. Now you're drinking your own Kool-Aid. Like you're believing your own hype. And that's who Jesus is. According to Judas, he kind of sees him as this guy who's like, no, you're a good guy. Just be a good guy. Like we can go around and meet lepers and help people. And we can do that without you proclaiming that you're a, you know, something that people in power will perceive as a threat. Um, and I kind of like that perspective. Like, and, and then also imagine being Judas and having Jesus come to you. Who's your best friend. And imagine going up to your best friend and saying, um, you're going to betray me. Like you're, it's for sure. You're going to do it. And I forgive you for it. Like how annoying must that be to, <laughs> to hear that from your best friend and be like, no. And after, after hearing him say it three or four times, you're going to be like, you know what? Screw you. I am going to sell your ass out because you're going to get us all killed. Um, and if you're going to keep going down this path, I am looking for self-preservation. And then, you know, he, Judas does it. And then immediately guilt washes over him. Because he's like, well, shit, I killed my best friend. He ratted on his friend. Yeah, and all I got was these fucking pieces of silver that aren't worth shit without my best friend around. I, I've never analyzed that st story to that level. It's really... That's it, just my take on it. You but know, I, it's fascinating. And it is... And it, I like this... This He doesn't see him as the son of God. He just yeah. sees him... And it's like... I mean... 
Yeah. I don't know what you, if you if you. I, I, <laughs> I like think sort of, he was just a good guy. That's what I think yeah. he was, and I that's think, okay to be that. Like it's okay to just not have a mission to not be God. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> if to anybody's not. out there thinking you're God, it's okay. It's okay. You're not, and it's fine. We still love you, <laughs> and you can still be nice to people. <laughs> yeah, just go out and yeah, help. Yeah, right. Just Volunteer yeah. at the elderly center. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's a really f- fascinating. I'm reading this book. Have you heard this book, I Lucifer? It seems oh, yeah. right up. Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. just started. Have you read it? Or no, no, I haven't read it. But like, it's that sort of, and it's all from his pr- perspective. And it's like, I just love shit like that because it's like, it's sure. like such a different. You're like, oh yeah. But like that, I was like, yeah, they, they were just buds, and he probably, you know, <laughs> and then like, it's like one of your friends gets too much money and success, and you're sure. like, ah, oh, fuck. No, yeah, there, right. there yeah. he goes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I tend to. When I'm trying to understand someone or something or a story, I tend to bring it down to a level I can get it at. You know, most people I think do that. Um, it's it that's pretty much like with the without getting into a tangent about it, but like a reason a lot of people yell at each other on the internet is is over projection. It's people see a story or see an image or something, and it's they're not they're mad about it, but only but what it invokes in them. Uh, so whenever someone complains about something, it's usually them complaining about something about themselves that they're just not willing to admit or share. Um, and they're just, oh, no, that, that cover of that comic book is offensive. It's about rape or whatever. And it's like, no, it's just a cover of a comic book. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with rape. Um, but okay. That's, but that says more about you than it does the comic. Yeah. That's really an interesting, uh, that's a really interesting observation. And you could have had a tangent about it because I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to no. I really try to avoid commenting on stuff online because I yeah. feel like I just I I usually just end up feeling like empty and just like ugh that was just like why yeah why like uh, like my my thing is um like and this is also something like when I was reading through flipping through the Bible and stuff they talk about Babel and I go God that is what the internet is it is just Babel like it is just people yelling over each other but nothing getting done. Uh, No one really on any crusade, you know, like um, what broke the quote unquote broke the internet for me is um, when Eric Gardner died in New York, you know, choked by the cop. Mm -hmm. I, I watched that video and was horrified. I'm like, I just watched a YouTube video of a man being killed. I, I just watched that on YouTube. A guy got choked to death and died right in front of me. And all these people stood around and did nothing and now all these people are online debating about it. And I go, we can all agree we just watched a man get choked to death, right? What are we fighting about? Like, it, I understand you're mad. That's fine. Be mad. Like, be mad at the cop. Be mad at the situation. But then you have other people come in. Well, well, we don't know what happened right before that video. Or we don't know what he was holding. Or we don't know if he threatened with a gun before they started recording. Or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, we just watched him die. Can we just focus on the evident?" scene that you saw which is you watched a guy die what is there to debate we watched a human life just cease to be all of us collectively and i go and i understand that evokes a a different emotion in all of us but why are we yelling at each other for it and 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 all this yelling didn't solve shit you know the cop is still he's got scot free or whatever and i'm like that's when i stopped commenting on the internet I'll post something. I posted something last, like two weeks ago about millennials and it wasn't downing millennials. It was like, it was like the article said something about um, how the article was downing millennials, but it was saying something like, you know, Oh, young kids, like they're so lost and they're, they have no talent and they have no skill in anything. And I put on there, well, 
here are two young people that I know in my life that are way smarter than I was at their age, that are way more skilled at things that matter now, like computers, than I ever was. You know, like I'm definitely a dinosaur when it comes to that stuff. And uh, and I shouldn't be. I'm only 32. But I, I, um, I, I am always that guy that's going to prefer pen to paper over, you know, typing something. Um, and so I... I posted it to to kind of lift up two people that I know that deserve to be lifted up um, who were, I felt being targeted in a way in that article. And everyone just wanted to comment about the political side of this and why millennials. And I just said, that's don't comment like that on my page. Like I'm going to be a super strict asshole. Like this is not a debate thing. This is me lifting two people up that work hard and don't get credit. You know, like they, they, like my friend Alex, has a job or he just got a job um but he was like interning for me and and doing stuff for free and he was killing it and i go this kid deserves like people need to know that not every millennial is is a, a doom to our future um that there is hope there's always going to be hope in young people oh great yeah no no i when you're saying that and i think it's like people it's bigotry it's just yeah, yeah. it's blanket like and it's like it's and people who are quote-unquote like liberal and uh, progressively sure. think but it's like you're you're dismissing millions and millions of people <laughs> as as some of the worst people in history have done <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and it's like, like yeah exactly and, and then there's no accountability for that anymore online people can just go online and say the most asinine and stupid shit and write an article about it and get people to debate over it. And it's like every, almost every article I've seen in the past, like six weeks is just clickbait. That's all it is. Yeah. Like they're just like, Hey, we figured out how to get people to yell at each other. And because they're yelling at each other, they're mentioning our product or our, our point or this or that. And we're winning every time they have that argument. And I just refuse to feed that machine. Like I'm not going to put human beings into a machine to power something. Uh, but that's what everybody wants to do now that we're witch hunts have evolved into, Oh, did you hear this? Like some guy came after me recently. Uh, he said, I, I got an article on a, a website that I really love and they, and I've used to write for them. Um, and they can't, so some guy wrote on there and said, Hey, I saw you posted about Sikh's aneurysm book. You know, he's not going to give that money to the aneurysm foundation. Right. And I'm like, who, what the fuck did I do to you? You know? And I go, I didn't do shit to you. I don't know who you are. Why are you, why are you trying to make a villain out of me? And that's the thing. People want villains and they want even more. So they want villains out of the people they've deemed heroes. And that's, and so that's what witch hunts have become now online. People just attacking and attacking and looking for your flaws so they can. And I'm just like, but that's not even a flaw of mine. Like the book, we just released the book. I have the money that we raised the first time. I'm trying to raise $5,000. Like the book kind of failed the first time I raised about a thousand bucks. And then I threw in about $800 of my own money. And then now I was like, my goal was to get it on Amazon so everyone could buy it. Cause that was the problem was I was shipping things from my home and I was like losing money on that and everything. And I said, I'm not smart enough with business to, to do this out of my own home. So let's have Amazon do it. And then you guys can just order your copies and then a, like a percentage of that money will come to me and I will give that to a good cause. And that'll be the easy to cut, just cut me out from shipping, cut me out from printing it, cut out printing costs, like cut out everything. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, don't go, if, if my dog was here, way worse. Oh, did, did my dogs are a part of every podcast <laughs> I do in my kitchen. I it's put not... my, I put my dog at the front of every YouTube video I make now. Oh, good. It just has him and it's like barks provided by echo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, it, that, I have this debate. I have a friend who uh, believes that the internet is, he thinks that it's dragging 
people kicking and screaming into a smarter era. Like it's a, a, and oh yeah, possibly. I don't, but I feel like if you go by Facebook, I see. Yeah, I mean it's also bias confirmation often, and people just like follow what they want to see. Sure, it's. I mean, I think that's why there's a like. I think the whole anti-vaccination thing is was yeah. hugely yeah due to social media and, absolutely and it's like and there's a lot of other subject matters that are, and it's That's like a- and I'm like I kind of think it's not helping things I mean yeah I mean no, I, I, I see that side too like I see I see that it could help things uh, I see that it could drag us kicking and screaming but I will disagree and say that it's not right now. Um, for some people, but again, it's always a, a it, it works on some people. It doesn't work on other people. Like uh, like I like to use social media to learn about people. I'm a, a, a student of humanity. I love observing people. I love seeing what they're like. I love hearing different opinions. You know, a lot of times, but when it's yelled at me and when it's yelled at me in a demeaning way, no one's learning anything. You're just upsetting me at this point, and and I'm just gonna tune you out. Um, why do you think because that says to me because people are yelling and they're like and it's like a very like I'm right and you're wrong and it's like when why does suddenly everyone think that they know all the answers it's like y'all ain't like Noam Chomsky level of intelligence (laughs) like if Chomsky says and he doesn't yell which is another major but it's like when you reach when you're Gore Vidal, all these guys. Yeah, then I'll. You can tell sure. me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you're, or you most, have a better argument of telling me I'm wrong. Yeah, but yeah. most people don't even have that skill. Where it's sure. like, well, let me tell you what I think. It's all like, no, rah. Yeah, right. And it's like really, and I think that's starting to bleed into society a bit with how people Absolutely. are in the like in the real world. Yeah, yeah, because they're used to doing it on the internet now. It's become second nature. So that is, it has affected their communicative abilities with normal people. Um, yeah, I see people all the time um, just yelling over each other to be right, and and I'm like, and and it's always a dumb like I I exist in the comic book world, so the stakes couldn't be lower, <laughs> and and people are like, no, Man of Steel was a bad movie, and it's like, no, it was a great movie, and like, no, we need a Superman that breaks necks like Steven Seagal, no, we don't, and you know, and it's like, <laughs> and it's just like, and um, and I was part of that for for that brief moment, and then I realized like. What am I doing? Like, who's dying or who am I saving? Like, by having this argument, <laughs> I go, I go, nothing. And I'm not even, I don't even, like, even the mad I'm getting, it doesn't make sense getting mad over. Like, I, I, and, and that's another thing I've done more since the last time I've been here. I love getting mad. <laughs> like, I, because the last time I feel like I was kind of this, more, like I said, like, or at least people would label me as such, although I didn't always see it was like a Zen type, like, Oh, you're a little bit more calm. You're a little bit more this. And you, you, uh, you know, take people for who they are and mistakes and all. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still like that. But, 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 but I also felt like I was an incomplete person by shutting out like different types of emotions, um, like sadness or anger, like all those. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to let those in. I'm going to, I want to, I, what, what's the point of a second chance at life if I can't, still make mistakes, you know, if I can't uh, still feel everything everyone else feels. Like, how am I going to write about humans in stories if I can't be one? Um, and so I just started letting in anger and and sadness and and, uh, and rage and all these other things. And I filter it just like I filter everything. Um, but anger is very, like, healing. <laughs> like, when, like, I tell people, people are like, oh, you look really good. Like, I just, last night I went to Harmontown, and then afterwards I went to the drawing room until 1 a.m., and I was 
fine, didn't get overwhelmed by the noise, didn't get overwhelmed by the people. And Dustin was like, you know, like, you look so good. Like, just like six months ago, you were unable to talk. And he goes, and now you're, you know, you're here and you're thinking about singing a song in karaoke. And he goes, what's that like? And I go, rage. I go, I go, having something to hate sometimes, uh, get, can get you through the day. (laughs) (laughs) Like it really, as long as you don't act on it, uh, like, like, or you don't take it out on the wrong person. Um, but, uh, that's the key to it. Like, uh, but I think there's nothing wrong with getting angry. It's weird that we live in a time where anger is very, like, it's like, Oh no. And it's like, yeah, I mean, our country to a degree is founded on anger. They're like, fuck these dudes. <laughs> these, you know, I mean, yeah, and that's absolutely anybody who's like, really, I mean, you can't tell me Gandhi was like, I'm joyously going to be uh, <laughs> change this situation. That's terrible with great joy. I mean, he was fucking livid. Yeah, I'm sure he had to be. I mean, all those dudes. Yeah. Oddly, Malcolm X, real cuddly. Yeah, right. Like, not, wasn't angry. Genghis the whole Khan, too. He's <laughs> a very good cuddler. <laughs> yeah, none of those guys. Those two were very upbeat and chipper. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, a That's, smile on his face while he chopped heads off. Yeah, yeah. if you w- watch and not to equate Malcolm X and Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. But yeah, I mean, a lot of Malcolm X uh, speeches you don't know, giggling the whole time. Yeah, just j- just real loving it. <laughs> just loving it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. But yeah, I, and uh, that, uh, and I feel like, in, to a degree, I think this. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but like, uh, don't be angry. This pop culture mentality. Sure. I think it's like, I think it screws art and music because it's like some of our best music in the f- <laughs> past fifty years has been filled with rage. Rage, absolutely rage. Like, yeah, like um, rage against the machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, prime example. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, all like people people wrote about things that bugged them, and now it's like I don't know what the fuck it's about. Yeah, when you shut out things, like the the problem is the reason why some people shut out is because they can't filter it, and that's fine. Like if someone can't filter their anger or rage, then that's then I'm I'm okay with them not letting it in all the time. Um, so it it definitely has to come down to a like, can I aim this when I need to aim it? Um, can I store it and when I need to let it out, I hit the release valve. You know, I know where it is at all times. There is a, a still a meditative process to it, but um, but that's why you sometimes you have to pick things. <laughs> uh, as dark as this is going to sound, sometimes you have to pick things to hate that you can't ever take that hate out on, like God. Um, <laughs> you just pick you pick something. You make an idea up in your mind of an enemy, and you hate that. And then and and then, and so whenever you need it, you can pull it right out. Uh, you pull out of the closet and you, and you wail on it, you know, mentally. Um, but you're right. If I didn't have that, like, and that's what I learned doing Elon, uh, doing this book is I noticed I was only half of me was going into every piece of art. And I'm like, what am I holding back? What am I holding back? And it's like, Oh, I wasn't holding anything back. I just wasn't letting things in like anger. And so once I did, then I'm creating pieces uh, like um, when Trayvon Martin died, like I created a, a mural of that and, you know, and, uh, and all these things that like really upset me, like the way, when I see humanity fail, that's when I get mad because I feel like I'm kind of like your friend. I would like social media in the, in everything to lead us to a better place. So I want it to happen. I just can see clearly that it's not happening. Um, but I want it to happen. So whenever humanity lets me down, that's when I conjure up this fake thing to hate and then I just go nuts, and then I'll try to create a piece of art out of it. I'm wondering, and I don't know if I'm overanalyzing too much, but like you, we talk about like 
there used to be more anger and art and blah, blah, blah. And mm. it's like, I wonder if that's, maybe that's part of the reason social media is people yelling at each other because right. they've, because you're kind of told, like, don't, like, support your military. Make sure, like, there's sure. all this, like, pr- don't be, like, don't be upset about the war right. shit going on. Like, make sure to support them. That's wrong if you don't. Like, right. you're a bad person. If right. It's like, yeah, okay, I know. Like, but, and I'm like, are, are people just, like, so emotionally, like, not uh, uh, sure where the fuck to go with their feelings these days? I think that's what it is. I think, and, and, and it's because, like, nowadays there's so many things to feel towards. Um because we have access to it because of the internet and social media and, and phones. Like, I mean, the fact that you could watch, you know, like 40 videos in an hour on your phone, um, and, and, and process like, you know, um, like bum fights and, and, and then go right from that to like a, like a, like Kelly Clarkson song or something. And then go right from that to, you know, like a clip from the John Stewart show the day before. It's like the fact that you can do that, I can see why people are having trouble figuring out what to do with their emotions because it's, it's a lot at once, even for us, even for us to handle, like we're all very complex creatures um, and have the potential to one day be gods ourselves. I mean, look, we're already living longer than we used to. We're prosthetic limbs, you know, fake hearts, you know, like cloning, you know, like everything is we're moving to the day an age where we don't have to believe in God anymore because we will, maybe eventually join him. Um, and so that's, so, but that path leading there, there are a lot of people that don't want to go that way. You know, um, I call them religious nuts. Um, but <laughs> I call them Indiana, um, yeah. or at least the people in power in Indiana. Um, but yeah, I just, I, it, so I think like we, we can be better. We can live longer. We can think clearer. We can filter better. Um, it's just, I don't know what it's going to take to get us there though. Uh, and that's the problem. And may, hopefully maybe the internet will, like your friend thinks, like will be that key. Like maybe it'll take a decade of us more of yelling over each other before we all finally, you know, calm the fuck down. What do you, it's like, part of me, and this is just a question, but are, are like, because so many things are coming at us at a rapid pace now, like, I mean, it is, you, you jump on Facebook and it's just like, yeah, yeah. A, a barrage of like, here's these bad things that happened, another shooting and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and like, here's a really violent, but like I had someone post a video and they're like, it, it was in a thing that happened in Russia and it's like two dudes beating up an old woman. And they're Jesus. like, and they're like, well, let's, let's like repost this and let's find these dudes. And I'm like, it's in Russia. Right. Like no one I know is going to go, I don't know anybody in Russia. <laughs> and I doubt my friends are going to be like, oh, that's uh, Mikhail yeah, and Mikhail. Uh, Jordy. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kick his ass. <laughs> it's like, like yeah. and I'm like, and it's the video is horrendous. I'm like, why are you like, which, and it's under this guise of like, let's help. But I'm like, you're kind of participating in the awfulness. Right. Right. But also I'm like, you go on there and you see all this stuff coming at you so quickly. I'm like, are our brains not, maybe caught up yet to to process this shit so rapid like you know 10 years ago it was like oh i saw a horrible car crash sure. somebody got killed i'm kind of depressed about it yeah still and now yeah. it's like you go on there and you see people get killed left and right yeah, you can see like isis murder somebody now i mean you could it's like yeah there's yeah um i think because of that like i said it 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 breaks something in the average person it breaks that that machine inside that when when like the rage liquid pours down it knows to tilt it to the left you know and it or when happiness trickles down it goes to the right um because even like 
these feel good videos that are put on Facebook, a lot of those are just staged events now. And I'm like, you guys have to stage happiness to make people feel something other than just misery. And I go, I go, I applaud you for trying, but I'm not falling for that shit. <laughs> like, I'm not going to just feel happy because you, you gave a slice of pizza to a homeless guy in New York. Like you should do that anyway. Like <laughs> there should, there's a million, like that's every time I see one of those videos where it's like, Oh, someone did something good. And like, like, look, we have a, a Buzzfeed video about it. I'm like, your website should be shut the fuck down because Everyone should be doing those things anyway. We shouldn't be surprised at something good anymore. We should be sick of seeing the bad things. Like that's and that's why the that's where the internet isn't working, um, because it's it's showing people like, oh, this guy, look, he's so nice. And it's like, no, we could all be doing stuff like that. Like I have a book for aneurysm research out right now. Why don't you go make something for cancer? You know, if 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 like if someone in your family is affected by that, like we can all be pioneers of something. We can all make advance towards something we get, but we all should be doing good things every day. Like, so I don't, unfortunately we still live in that society where we reward people or we want to reward people that do good. And I think that should just be us. We should just do that anyway. Yeah. That's the, the other question that brings me up is, or not, it just, no one questions these videos. Like I saw a video today and they're like checked. And it's like a guy, a motorcycle rear ends a car and the guy does a backflip and lands on top of the car. I'm like, and they're like, can you believe that? I'm like, yeah, it was totally staged and it's really obvious. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's not everybody's driving around with cameras in their hand. And yeah. And, or like there was that picture a couple years ago of like this, this tank broken at this museum and sharks were swimming around the museum. And it was like this, but there was like photos and it was like Photoshop motherfuckers. Yeah. Right. It's like really, easy to do right and i'm like does no i think people just want so badly magic and something interesting to yeah. happen they'll and buy anything and it's so weird that they want that because i'm like you can go make that like i'm you can't go i mean you yeah don't go break tanks at the museum no let the sharks, sharks free <laughs> in a museum yeah i mean let sharks be free but don't do it that way where people innocent people could die um but yeah i mean the thing is people yearn for like you said for that magic but the 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 really weird thing is that they can go create it every day um and they don't have to videotape it they don't have to become superstars because they did something nice they just just do it like uh to tie it back to to uh to judas's perception of jesus like just be a good person like you don't have to be you don't have to be put up on some pedestal to be or a a cross or a cross (laughs) uh definitely not to be put on a cross um but yeah i don't know i so there are times where that's where my anger comes from a lot of times is just seeing people not reach their potential because I know everyone can do it. Um, I mean, I take it from a guy who, who had to relearn everything in three years and then is now being like brain raped by his old self. Like, trust me, we can do better. Like, uh, and, and it doesn't take much effort to do better. Um, yeah. How many years ago was the aneurysm? 2010. Didn't, didn't they wasn't it tech like you when you went in this like a special new sort of treatment yeah, thing, yeah, and yeah. otherwise you would have been given possibly a year y- about so, maybe i mean it was hard to say but i would yeah i mean you've definitely it would have been it would have been a bad year too wouldn't have been a year walking around and talking so um, you've definitely surpassed all expectations absolutely it's really incredible thank you and you're handsome wow <laughs> But uh, let's, you have a new, we didn't even talk much about the, Oh, yeah. Let's get that, because these motherfuckers need to, uh, I'm sorry, I called you listeners motherfuckers. <laughs> that was wrong. All right, these are gifts for you, actually. Oh. I mean, I did write one of them, though. Um, but you have 
yeah, so stuff coming out and uh, all those things. Let's yeah. where can they find all things Seek Donnelly? So um, clearly, I'm a religious nut. Um, <laughs> so I wrote a book called Monomyth, which I think we mentioned last time, but uh-huh. I, but I hadn't it hadn't come out yet. Um, and it's about the story: What if Lucifer and Michael switch places? Um, so Lucifer tells Adam and Eve not to eat the apple. And Michael's the angel that falls from heaven. I love that. Um, so I have all three issues here for oh, you. I fucking love that. Um, that I think you can you can get online. Um, we're going to be doing some digital promotion for that soon. Uh, it'll be on Comicsology and um, I think RedKComics.com might have a few copies left. Uh, but this uh, the other place to get it is if you're in the California area, I'll be at WonderCon uh, this coming weekend, uh, April third through the fifth, at booth one zero four four Awesome Comics, and uh, and I'll be selling these there. Um, and this am I mistaken that this is a man of color, darker, yeah, a darker actually, skin? Him and Lucifer are both African American. The black man has to be evil, huh? <laughs> no, he's good. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, oh, but that, this is this is Enoch, um, and uh, and Lucifer is good. Oh, and is she, Lucifer a dame? She's a girl. Yeah, I like that. Um, and Michael is this big white guy back here. Yeah, because you know nobody people always be or like be, but people be? will be like <laughs> people be like <laughs> I'm doing comedy in the eighties. <laughs> uh. Like, oh, God's a woman. It's like, well, then maybe Lucifer is too. <laughs> and maybe I dated her, right? Yeah, I um, I, I, I always go for, again, I think of character first. Um, so, but with this, with Lucifer, my neighbor is um is an actress and she's a very talented one and she's been on a couple shows and she's she always tells me like, oh, I'd love to play like Storm in the X-Men or I'd love to get like a cool like role like that. And I said, well, how about we draw you into our comic book? And and I based Lucifer off you, and she was like coolest thing ever. That is, uh, that, what a compliment. Yeah, um, and then Lucifer obviously kicks a lot of ass in it. Um, and we so we did some other books too. Daniel, uh, which is a, a story about um, a young man who finds out he's the son of the Grim Reaper. Um, and so he, he at first he gets these powers over life and death, and he tries to clean up the the his streets like his neighborhood, and. Um, in the arts by Terry Huddleston did a really yeah, this, great job. I was just flipping through this. It's really cool. Looking. Yeah. He, his big inspiration was like the crow and sin city. So he wanted to do a black and white, like noir kind of feel. Yeah. It looks awesome. Um, and he based, uh, so death. So basically this kid finds out he's the son of the grim reaper uses that power to try to clean up the drug dealers and criminals off his streets. But by doing that, he's tipping the scale too much as a reaper. He needs to kill people, uh, without, you know, whether they're good or bad, it has to be impartial to it, uh, to what they are. So because he's only killing bad people, he's screwing up the balance. So then his father comes down to like, kind of take him, take care of him and, uh, and kind of whip him into shape. So it starts off on a very street level and ends on a very cosmic level. And we, and he kind of based, um, death off of Papa Getty, the, uh, the voodoo, a priest of the dead or God of the dead. Oh yeah. Um, so he's got like a top hat and, and monocle and everything. And, uh, and so, yeah, I noticed in my later years, I started to become a lot more like Grant Morrison. Uh, so for comic or for people who don't read comics, he's a very like weird guy, uh, who writes comics, but he's a mate. I'm a big fan of his, but he thinks in an ethereal way or like a, a holistic way. And that's kind of how I approach writing. And, um, and so I like this, he comes up with these big stories of like, uh, you know, like how gods can't manifest on earth. So they, 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 um, they use hungans or like, uh, human flesh to temporarily be here. So that's kind of where we, what we did with death in the story is he kind of looks just like a, like a, a man version of a God. That's awesome. And um, 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, is there's a new Solstice, right? Yeah, Solstar? and that's what I was going to end on. I mispronounced it, didn't I? <laughs> uh, uh, I think you called it Soul Sun last time, which was, I was like, I want to change was, the name now. Was it, uh, I think Soul Sun is like, I think that's a 90, like Soul Sun Experience <laughs> or something. I think it's like a 90s band. Oh, gotcha. Played with Jesus Jones. Oh, Jesus Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, so The Adventures of Solstice, I talked about that last time. It was a book we kickstarted. We printed a, a fair number amount, like not, not a lot, but just enough to give everyone on Kickstarter one and then maybe have like an extra box or so. So I, I tried to sell those and we, and I, I, my plan was to give all the money to aneurysm foundation. We didn't print enough and it didn't sell well enough to really reach the audience. I wanted it to. So I spent the last year like finding ways to get it up on Amazon. Um, and, uh, and it didn't take that whole year. Like we had gaps cause I, cause of my job, I've been really busy. Um, but and so the, so we renamed it The Adventures of Soulstar. It's volume one now. There's going to be three volumes. Uh, the comic company I work for, Awesome Comics, they just bought the like the rights with me, and uh, and they're going to help me raise more money for the Aneurysm Foundation that with through their reach and their social media out. You know, like I think they have a, ri- a ridiculous number of followers on Twitter. So they they are going to help me through Amazon reach new people, new audience. Uh, because the goal is to sell that book and raise money, you know, for 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 the Brain Aneurysm Foundation. And obviously, my goal is five thousand. It's a pretty low number. Some people might think, but at this point, it's it seems like the most realistic goal that I could probably raise. Um, but the story is about a Japanese superhero. Uh, la- he's the last superhero on Earth, and he's dying. He's got one day left to live. So ev- so throughout the day, he's trying to turn one of his villains into a hero. Uh, so that the world still has a superhero left after he's gone. And so it's all about legacy. And the book, it's book one of three because we're doing a reverse trilogy. We're going to start with his death and work back to his origin. Um, and so we've already started on Soulstar 2, and that'll probably start coming out in the fall as well. And it's going to come out as single-issue comics. Uh, the second series won't be towards the Aneurysm Foundation, but forever the first book will be. So if you buy a copy now or if you buy a copy 20 years from now on Amazon, that money hopefully will always go to where it needs to go. Uh, and we actually added new artists to the book. So the first time we had like 76 and we had the Guinness thing and then someone came in and beat us at the last minute. Um, well, we now beat them uh, <laughs> because I don't I don't take no for an answer. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we had now we have 156 artists instead of like the little 76 that we had before. And, uh, and so we've doubled our artists. That's awesome. And we've added new pages to the book and uh, a new special feature section. We had a school in um, Texas called Iago junior high school. Um, and they, they got, they, they won like a kind of like a contest thing where soul star saves their school. So 40 of their sixth grade students all drew soul star images. And I put them in the book and wrote a story around it. Like, That's and, incredible. And kind of tell it kids' book style. That's really cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in the book, and and one of the biggest compliments I've got is someone said, if you know Seek and you read this book, um, you'll see what makes it special. Like, because there's some people have read it and have never heard of me, and they're like, oh, interesting book. Why is there different artists on every page? And I go, I guess you do have to know the backstory. So in this version, we put in my backstory. Oh, that's really cool. And yeah. where can people find you? Get that you- if, if you go to Amazon.com. Uh, you can pick up Adventures of Soulstar um, or CreateSpace.com. Either way, there, we will get proceeds from that. And right now it's on sale on Amazon. And where can they find Seek Donnelly? SeekDonnelly.com. And Exploding Bullet? X, at Exploding Bullet on Twitter and at Seek and Destroy on Instagram. You're the best. You're the other best. Thank you very much. I love you. I love you. Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. If you can, like I said, donate. 
use my Amazon link, follow me on Twitter, and go to my website, thematdwyer.com. Uh, I've been recording a lot of episodes uh, this week, and there are some phenomenal episodes ahead of you. So uh, please keep listening and support Feral Audio. Oh, yeah, Matt Dwyer. He's a wonderful man, no. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.